Welcome to Live the Fuel. Welcome to Live Welcome the Fuel. To Live the Fuel. Focusing on health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Live the Fuel show. So today we're bringing another new co-host on. Uh, this young lady has an interesting background. Um, she is known as the Passion Mentor. She helps people unwrap their passions at any age. She's the author of Unwrapping the, Your Passion, uh, Creating the Life You Truly Want, which features insights from Tom Ziegler, Howard Partridge, Chris Brogan, Darren, Dara Torres, and much more. So Karen, and her last name is Putz, P-U-T-Z. Karen Putz was born with normal hearing, grew up hard of hearing, and became deaf from a fall while, get this, guys, barefoot water skiing. Uh, this is pretty awesome. I can't wait to talk more about this for you all to learn more about her. But she rediscovered her passion for the sport at the age of 44 and became a competitive barefoot water skier. This is so awesome. So without further ado, uh, please be patient with some possible delays because we are working with a, a hearing impaired translation service. Uh, but without further ado, Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Scott. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, I was excited after you and I finally connected the other night, and I got to learn more about you. And obviously, I'm excited to help you promote the new book. Oh, I'm excited to share it with your audience. This is a book that I'm really, really, really proud of. Yes, and, and to refresh our listeners, because they were not here for our last conversation, um, but... This is your 11th book, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, some books I've ghostwritten, but yes, 11 books. I just learned about ghostwriting uh, because I'm considering maybe uh, I've been asked by a number of people to write a book mm -hmm. about my firefighting adventures, and somebody offered to ghostwrite it, so then I had to learn what ghostwriting is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody else does all the work. You get all the credit. <laughs> okay, I like this even more. This sounds awesome. <laughs> so, for our listeners, why did you choose Ageless Passions? I mean, your backstory somewhat explains that for your love of, of water skiing. But what made you choose those two key words? Ageless passion just fits with what I do. What I do is I help people unwrap their passion at any age. And a lot of people challenge me on that any age part. But it's true, passion is ageless. At any given moment in our life, we can choose to pivot and turn into a passionate energy. And that's the key. I mean, even if you are, and people challenge me this all the time, in a nursing home, I have a story of a 109-year-old guy in a nursing home who used to be a professional knitter. And when he moved into the nursing home, he took up knitting again to the point where he had a new career and he taught everybody else in the nursing home to knit. So, yes, you can unwrap your passion at any age, even at 109 years old. Wow. 
That's pretty powerful. 109, was that here in the USA? No, in Australia. Oh, you are the world traveler, so that's yeah. why I thought I'd ask. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to travel. So I, I, I forgot to ask you this, but do you water ski in other countries? I have not yet water skied outside of the U.S. yet. I'm on a quest to do 50 states for my 50s. So I need to finish the United States first before going out to other countries. Oh, wow. I didn't know about that goal last time. So that's pretty cool. 50 states. How far in are you? I've done um, 11 or 12. I have to go back and look. But I did Minnesota this summer, and it was amazing. They do have a lot of water there, a lot of lakes, I believe, right? I skied with a professional competitive water skier who was 62 years old. And um, so we spent the day going up and down the lake. I drove for him. He drove for me. It was a great time. 62 years old with skills that are far, far above mine. So with that, I mean, obviously there's proof that obviously age is only a number. And do you feel that thanks to you being in the water skiing sport as long as you have, that helped you connect with him? Yes, absolutely. Um, one of the things that when you are engaged in something that you're really passionate about, you will automatically start finding people with that same kind of passion. Passion attracts passion. So that's the beautiful thing about it. So when you engage in something that you have a high energy about, you start finding people with that same high energy. And I'm sure you know that from other sports that you're involved in. Well, yes. And obviously I joke around that I need to get better at swimming, but I obviously I can, I have fun with rock climbing and skiing and mountain biking and I've, I do racing. So yes, it's, it, there's something truly powerful about those connections you make with people in those circles. And you would have never had those connections had you not, you know, dove into something that you were passionate about. Well, I had a question. So with the passion, was when did the passion truly like erupt like a volcano for you and really help you channel that? into everything you do today. Was that something since childhood? Well, if you think about it, um, we all have passion inside of us. And in the process of studying it, I discovered a really simple definition of it. Passion is your joy. We all know what joy is. But for every single person, the way they experience passion, the way they um, identify it, very different from everyone, for everyone. So how you define passion may be very different from how I see it and different from how your neighbor sees it. But we each recognize it. It's, not, it's kind of like falling in love. It means very different things for people. 
And in some cases, it's very hard to describe falling in love. But when you do, you know it. It's the same thing for passion. When it's individual to you, you know it. Now, that's that's very well said. Um, And actually, while I'm talking to you, I want to share your website to the screen for the video feed because you also talk not just about unwrapping your passion on your site, but about loving your life. And I was wondering how you explain that to your your clients about loving your life. I mean, how I explain love, loving your life, what it looks like for people, you know, for everyone it's an individual thing. And... For some people, you know, they, they may seek that excitement. For other people, they're seeking peace. So like I said before, passion is something different for everyone. And here's the thing. There's a surprising meaning behind passion. And a surprising meaning is this. is to willingly suffer. So when you're passionate about something, you will willingly suffer for it. Like for you, you want to climb a 14-er, you're going to get out there and you're going to practice, you're going to push yourself, you're going to go above and beyond because passion becomes that fuel. Well, I love the connection on fuel because obviously that's one of my keywords for what I do with my website and everything that I talk about because I truly believe that we need to fuel our health, Mm -hmm. our business, our lifestyle. And part of that, is your passion and your love and that is fuel that has to sustain us for a long period of time sometimes i mean how do you do that how do you Mm -hmm. find ways to make the fuel last longer i guess (laughs) that's a good one because when you think about um, passion you think of it in terms of excitement when you think about it in terms of vocation or a calling, or something that you, the way you live your life, then it's very different. Because if you look at passion as a way to live your life, you can sustain it much more than if you look at it as excitement or vacation. Because let's face it, we get bored now and then. So for us, when we get to that point where we're bored, where we've lost our passion, where we feel like, wow, I have no fuel left. That's a sign that you have to change something in your life. Whether it's your thoughts, whether it's your attitude, whether it's your action, you have to do something different. And in many cases, that will call for a pivot. It's an inflection point, something where change has to happen. Well, I love your reference on the word pivot because at a couple of the conferences I went to this year, there was at least one speaker talking about the power of pivot. So I'm intrigued because you clearly have had to pivot in your life and your career with, let's be real, I mean, your impairment and, and, and the lifestyle that you're living. So like, do you have any examples of when you've had to pivot and how you succeeded with that? Yes. Definitely. Um, We probably should have told you listeners that um, part of my story involves a pivot. I was born with normal hearing, and I grew up hard of hearing. 
In high school, I discovered the sport of barefoot water skiing for the first time, and I loved the sport. I was crazy passionate about it. And then one day I decided to do a trick that I had done one time before. Except for that day, I decided to do it faster, and I went way outside the wake. So when I hit the wake, I crashed. And when I crashed, I instantly went from heart of hearing to death. Only I didn't know it. So when I climbed into the boat, I was stuck. I couldn't hear my friends anymore. So that's what started the pivot in my life. It was a very, very dark time in my life because I had struggled my entire life growing up hard of hearing, and now I could no longer hear. I had to wear a hearing aid from that point on. As you can imagine, there were a lot of dark days, a lot of dark nights. And then one morning I woke up, I was laying there, and I realized I had two choices. I could continue doing what I was doing, continue to grieve, continue to see the negative stuff, or I could embrace the journey. I was really lucky. I was surrounded by many deaf and hard of hearing people at that point for the first time in my life. And I was exposed to American Sign Language. And... That morning was a pivot because I got up, got out of bed, put my hair in a ponytail, put my hearing aid on, went out in public for the first time, and I faced the journey, and I learned to embrace it. I learned American Sign Language, met my husband. We have three deaf and hard of hearing kids, and I'm on this call today because I have a sign language interpreter in front of me who's interpreting everything you say. If I had not had that pivotal moment, I wouldn't be where I am today with that sign language access. So this is something I try to teach people, is that pivoting is fuel. At any given moment when you feel stuck and you feel like you can't move, you can actually have 360 degrees of options. Well, I love the fact that you brought up in what you just stated Something that I've brought up on numerous podcasts, which is the the success trait of embracing change. And that's what I'm hearing from you. Part of that fuel and part of that pivot is the willingness to embrace change. But let's be real. That's not always very easy for a lot of people. And the story you just shared with us uh, clearly shows us that you did not find that initial journey very easy either. It wasn't easy. And I think we have to go through darkness to embrace light. Without darkness, you can't really see how brilliant the light is. So sometimes our darkest moments in our life leads us to our brightest days. That's what I've learned. So sometimes when we feel at our most rock bottom, you know, that is that sign where we have to do something different in order to reach the light. Well, I love that reference because in the business world, for example, we talk a lot, especially in my coaching and when I've worked with other coaches, we talk a lot about the value and the power of you have to make mistakes because the mistakes is the most powerful way to learn. And you're going to get so much more out of it in the long run. But in the short term, 
it's going to be painful. It could be a very major mistake or it could be something significantly dangerous depending on your lifestyle. But in the end, it's a mistake. You can't change it. All you can do is learn from it. Um, so I love the reference that you're using as far as the, the darkest days and, and embracing that. If you think about it, in every successful person that you know, they've always had a dark moment. They've always had a rock bottom episode in their life. Because I think that the most successful people are successful because they have had those moments. When I interviewed Tom Ziegler, the son of Zig Ziegler, for my book, and he revealed a very dark moment in his career where he lost literally millions of dollars for his father's company. And that shaped him into the man that he is today. Very driven, very determined not to ever make that mistake again. Well, I think what I'm hearing from Tom's story, and obviously from your story, is that it's okay to, I mean, well, we can't really change this, but sometimes in life we're going to deal with loss. You obviously with your hearing, Tom obviously with money. Um, For other people, it could be love. It could be their job. I mean, it could be the ability to even walk. So these are all losses, but we have a choice on how we're going to respond from that day forward. So, and that's what I'm hearing from you is that you could sit there and wallow in self-misery or in your case, you could woman up, you know, versus man up (laughs) and attack the day and, and start changing your life and embracing it. That's exactly it. That's spot on. You know what I mean? I have found that many people, when they feel stuck, they often don't make a decision. But that is making a decision when you don't make a decision. Living in that in-between is a decision. So a lot of times when we feel stuck, the way to we avoid things in life is not making a decision. But that very act of not making a decision is a decision we have to own anyway. So why not make a change, you know, whether it's attitude, thoughts, and actions in the direction that you want to go? That's what I encourage people to do all the time. And when you make those changes with passion involved in them, in many, many, many cases, it creates a huge life shift that's very rewarding. All of a sudden, life becomes more meaningful when passion is involved. Well, I love how you connected that all together for us because let's be real. You just clarified that if we choose to, and let's connect this to for depression, right? Depression is a very major condition affecting thousands of people here in the USA. And I know that a lot of people, yes, you may need to get help and drugs and things of that nature to temporarily fix it. But in the end, that's a choice, right? To live in depression. And I I could speak to this because I have a sister who suffers with depression. I, for a very brief time years ago, um, actually went through a short bout of depression. And that's surprising because I'm Mr. Type A personality, high energy guy. So why would I be going through a short bout of depression? Um, but that's what the doctor told me. And for three months I took antidepressants and I couldn't stand it. So I said, well, I have a choice. I could keep taking the drugs and living in this weird gray, foggy area, 
Or I could say, forget that. Let's find what's going to fuel me, what's going to passion, what's going to what's going to get me to the next level. Because right now I'm kind of like lost in the gray area, and that's not fun. I'm glad you admitted that because I think many, many, many of us out there have gone through similar stories, and the length of it and the depth of it is different for everyone. I have gone through um, depression myself, especially after my second child, and that was really, really threw me for a loop. And occasionally, especially during the winter, I feel it again. And I think for me, my antidote is getting back to passion and travel. Those two are the things that provide me the fuel to keep me going in life. Well, now you see, that's a best practice that you just shared because I agree with that. If, Especially in the wintertime, for example, there's actually a lot of knowledge and science around the fact that we are more energized in the sun. I mean, you could almost say that humans are solar-powered because many people suffer from depression or cabin fever or whatever you want to call it in the winter seasons. You have less sunlight. You have less excuse to be outside and energetic. So to your point, we have a choice. We could just deal with that and live in that really bad place. Or maybe that's when you want to time taking trips and doing your travel to get yourself out there and fuel your passions. The tough part of it is that when you are deep into that depressive episode or depressive moment in life, it's very, very hard to be positive and optimistic. And that's where the human connection comes in. We have to care about each other. We have to have community. We have to have a network. And um, for some people, they don't have that. And that makes it even more difficult to even get through depression. Well, so with that in mind, um, you, you hinted that at earlier that it really helped that you surrounded yourself and you had made connections with other deaf and hearing impaired people. So in this case, we're talking about people in general who may be living with depression. So I also agree with you on that. A mankind, human beings are meant to interact with each other. So that's one of the biggest tips that I have for people is that we need to search out connections and have connectivity, especially when you're going through those periods of depression. So it sounds like you agree with me on that. I totally agree with you. And I also think that Facebook um, can also lead to depression because if you think about it, so many people have these amazing Facebook feeds. Some of it may not be as amazing as they are saying it is. So for some people, they get the, what I call the grass is always greener, you know, concept going in their life. And they're thinking, oh, woe is me, you know, this person is so successful. Um, that happened to me not long ago last year. Somebody that I greatly admired um, made a confession on Facebook and said things were not as they seemed as he posted. So with that realization, we have to take that Facebook and that social media stuff with a grain of salt. Not everybody is authentic, you know, about what's really going on in their life. 
And so how we assimilate that into our lives can be dangerous. That's why I think it's so important to really, number one, know who you are, number two, know what you want, and three, live your life. And that means your life and not somebody else's. That's a very, very valuable um, educational piece for our listeners. I really want them to, and also our watchers on YouTube, I want them to really take that to heart because social media is not slowing down. And yes, a lot of people think, oh my God, I wish I had that person's life. And I can actually thank this podcast that I started over a year ago to help me realize that when I meet more amazing people like you, and then when I also realize that I have a listener base, that it's become more important to me to become not just authentic, the word you used, but also to become more transparent and do things like me sharing the little depression piece that I went to, you know, went through years ago. It was due to a, a breakup, but it was also due to the fact that I also was not enjoying my career. So those were two major pieces of my life that were just not working at the time, and I had no passion. But you found it today, didn't you? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> you had it today in your life. <laughs> That's all we can it's a beautiful do. beautiful thing. Yes. I, mean, I think it's an important thing. I think it's an important thing that you recognize that your career was good for a while, and then you got to a point in your life where you realized it wasn't fueling you anymore. So you did that pivot thing. A lot of people don't have the courage to do that. They will continue to stay on the path because they think, well, number one, I invested a lot of money in this. Number one, number two, I've got all these years invested. So people are afraid of change. They're afraid of what they might lose if they leave the safety of what they've known for a long time. I completely agree with that. And that's literally part of my backstory with the whole transition from the business world to my firefighting and then back to, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and trying to figure out the entrepreneurial space. Like I'm still not some, you know, massive six figure multimillionaire guy. I'm still putting in the hustle day in and day out. Um, but people didn't understand when I left to go do the firefighting. And that was something that for me, I said, what if, this is the passion that I'm missing. What if this is something that I'm meant to do? So I made the commitment to take that risk. And it was a great two years, an amazing life experience being a wildland firefighter. But also I realized the passion was there, but it wasn't the long-term passion. There was something more for me to do or to create. And I was ready to move on. And that's hard too, to make that decision. That was not easy for me. It's always hard to leave a comfort zone. Because comfort is what we know. Fear is the unknown. So when it kind of, yeah, so when you have fear in the unknown, it's really, really scary to make a leap. And I think that's where that pivot 360 comes in. You can always make little changes instead of a huge leap. In your case, you made a huge leap. That's great for you. For some people, they're not willing to do the leap 
And if they're not willing to do the leap, I always tell them to do the baby step thing then. Dip your toes, you know, um, but still push yourself in that direction. Don't do it, you know, with just a little bit of energy because then you may never get answers. That's a very valid point. I, I, I found in the past couple of months that I started using the line where I said, listen, we are all at a different place on the timeline in life. And yeah, I've done a lot of crazy, drastic things in life, but that doesn't mean you have to do that. That's just is the way that I'm wired. And some people think I'm crazy. So, but for other people don't do what I did. You don't have to leave your career and give away most of your possessions and fit your life in a car and go be a firefighter. That's, that's, that was just my crazy thing that way my brain worked. But for somebody else, maybe it's just saying, wait a minute, I don't have to leave my job. But what if I take a half an hour a night to start building a library and reading something new, maybe a piece of personal development or professional development? Because what if in the next year, that half an hour every night, or maybe only two nights a week, leads to three nights a week, leads to four nights a week, then leads to you maybe wanting to go back to school. You don't know where that could go. But if you're feeling lost, you don't have to just leave your job, but you have to realize you got to start making some kind of change. And that's what I'm hearing from you as well, is embracing change. And it's so true. And think about it. I mean, you chose to climb a 14-year-old, right? Yeah, I did so four of them. Some people, okay. For some people, they can choose to drive up the mountain. So you can present things in different ways to people that they think, oh, I want your life. Well, you can have a variation of it if you don't want to do the climbing part of it. Sure. So that's another beautiful thing about passion is that let's say somebody has a, used to be a football player in high school. Now they're 60 years old and they think, oh, I wish I could be a quarterback again. Well, maybe you can do a pickup game. Maybe you can join a league with, you know, that age group, maybe you can coach a football league. There's all different kinds of ways that you can indulge in your passion right where you are. And it may not look like we originally wanted it to look like, but you could still indulge in it. You could still foster it. You could still birth it, maybe in different ways. Yeah. Well, it's like, for example, in Colorado, there's two 14,000-foot 14, 14, peaks, 14ers, that you can drive to the top of, right? You have uh, Pikes Peak outside of Colorado Springs, and then you have Mount Evans, which you can get to uh, just west on I-70 from Denver. And those are two of the four first 14ers that I ever hiked. And I knew that I could drive to the top, but that's just not who I am. But I've told people, I'm like, at least drive to the top if you're not ready to hike it to see the photographs that I took, like to see what I saw, fine. Maybe phase one is you drive up and then you set a goal saying, you know what? In a year, I'm going to get healthy and fit enough to come back here and hike it. Or maybe you're 60, 70 mm -hmm. years old and you don't have that fitness ability. At least you can do is drive up there. <laughs> it's something. It's something. And you could even choose to walk one hour and come down. True. There's all kinds of choices. Yeah. But the point is here that I'm hearing from you is that 
you eventually need to get to the place where you're willing to make a choice. And that's, I think, the most important thing that I think we can give to anybody listening to this is that sooner or later, you have to make a choice and you have to start finding the passion that's going to fuel you to keep making those hard to make choices. And I think the other thing is you've got to be willing to try new things. It's a really, really important lesson that I keep telling people is that you have got to have a beginner's mind. You have to be open to starting all over again. You have to be open to looking like a fool because you don't know what you don't know. And how many times do people hold back in life because they're like, oh, I don't know how to do it, or oh, I don't want to show how ignorant I am, or I don't want anyone to know that I don't know how to do whatever it is. And then we hold back and we miss the chance. So for people who want to dive in or explore passion, I tell them you've got to start with the beginner's mind and find a mentor that's way where you want to be. And learn from that mentor. We'll cut the learning in half. I love that because many people are afraid to look like they don't know what they're doing and don't know what they're talking about. And, I mean, let's be real. When we were younger, we thought it was important to, at least for me, I thought I had to show everybody that I knew what I was doing or tell people. (laughs) And one thing that I learned in FIRE was... My squad bosses said, Scott, you could talk all you want. They said, doesn't matter. Put in the work and we'll tell you if you're good enough. Show us what you're capable of doing. Be willing to put in the work and the work will sell itself. That's good advice. So, yeah, that's so true. You got to put the work in. Doesn't magically happen. The knowledge doesn't magically come overnight. You actually have to. It's a learning process. Well, I mean, I, how long did it take you to write your first book? It's a good question. Um, the very first book that I started took me two and a half years. But before I finished and published that one, I published two other books. Hmm, interesting. So one took me two weeks to write, and the other one took me six months to write. So, you know, it all depends on the book. Now, what about this 11th one, book? And Wrapping a Person took me seven years. Uh, now, do you think that it took you seven years because this is your most important book that you've worked on to date? It was seven years because seven years ago, I got the vision for the book. I just unwrapped my own passion for barefoot water skiing. I was in no position to write a book about passion because I was a beginner. So it took me seven years of actually living a passionate life and meeting over 200 people and interviewing them before the book was like, okay, I am now the master. I can write the book. That doesn't mean you have to be a master to write the book. You can share your learning process with your reader in a book when you're writing it. That's a very good lesson too. I like that. That was interesting. Well, you, you've done you've done a lot of books, so I, I'm I'm here to learn. <laughs> the 
very first book that I wrote was about um, barefoot water skiing competitively. And at first I thought, who am I to write this? I just learned to compete. But the reason I wrote that book is because from my experience as a beginner, I didn't even know what to do. I had no idea what the rules were and all that. There was nothing out there to guide me as a beginner. So I wrote the guide. Now, and actually, I'm going to share the screen again because I'm going to go to your resources page on your website for our listeners and our watchers. Again, to our listeners and watchers, it's agelesspassions.com. And I know you have a number of your books there. So is that book listed here or no? You know what? That may not even be updated. What's updated is Amazon's other central. Well, I love the fact. That's fine because I love the fact so that right now. Go to Amazon or go to Barnes & Noble. Okay. Well, I love the fact that you are one of the contributors to the Chicken Soup for the Soul. That's That's... There are so many books that have impacted and helped thousands of people, mm-hmm. and you got to help with that. You know, it's funny. There is a story behind that. I took um, Deborah Ponman's Justice Success Workshop, and she taught us the power of visualization and manifestation. And before I left that workshop, I saw Chicken Soup for the Soul book laying on the table, and I looked at that, and I said, I want to be in a chicken soup for the soul book. Well, six months went by, and I realized I had the goal written down, but I hadn't done a single thing to become a chicken soup for the soul author. So I finally sat down right then and there, and I wrote it. So that's what I did. So even though you have visualization and you have affirmations every day, they are nothing without action. You have to take some kind of action to allow that to appear in your life. I definitely agree with that because... Yeah, so that's my first book. Yeah, I just found that. So Barefoot Water Skiing from Weekend Warrior to Competitor. And uh, so again, to our listeners, guys, you can just search by her name, but she does have everything listed on the resources page of her website. It's just the first three books have photos and then the rest of them are just listed right below here. So that's, we're gonna link all that in the show notes for the blog article, so don't worry. We'll make sure everybody can get to your website and find all this stuff. Um, but that's a crazy story with the chicken soup of the soul. I mean, that's pretty cool. I, that's one thing when I was researching you that I was very surprised about. I mean, you've already obviously been involved with you know 11 books now, so it doesn't surprise me anymore. <laughs> I love writing. I've wanted to be a writer since I was nine. I just sit down and write. So Outside the Wake, is that another book that relates back to, obviously, the sport of water skiing? Outside the Wake is actually the story of Judy Myers, the 66-year-old barefoot water skier who was featured on the Today Show. That's the woman that I found at the age of 44 who got me back on the water again. Um, Without Judy, I can't even imagine where where I would be today without her. She's my mentor. She's my chief encourager. She's the reason why I'm barefoot water skiing today. I wouldn't be where I am today without Judy. She has shown me that when you get older, 
you actually have to ramp up your life instead of slowing down. Most of us slow down. We listen to doctors who caution us not, you know, you might break a bone or, ooh, you're not young anymore. So we hold back in life as we get older. And we should be doing the opposite. We should be ramping it up. We should be pushing the boundaries. We should be living our life fuller and fuller the older that we get. And that's what I learned from Judy. Because Judy is the world's oldest female barefoot water skier and competitor. She still competes today. Oh, that was going to be my last question on that point. I, I was wondering if she was still competing. So that's pretty cool. Does she compete down in Florida most of the time, or is she out in Minnesota? We um, Judy's in California, and we had been all over. The Nationals uh, rotated in different places every year. Okay. So that, that helps you with your travel goals. <laughs> that <laughs> well and i love again i'm definitely going to use your photo i'm going to share the screens one more time here um the one photo you sent me is the one on your story page there you go i'm going to zoom in on that there we go so i love that picture so that's that's passion that's a happy face <laughs> it is i am happy when i'm on the water i mean there's just some, it's 41 miles an hour, and if I'm going backwards, I'm one foot with my hands in the air. That's like the ultimate awe moment for me because it represents me doing something that I couldn't even think I could do when I was a teenager. And now I'm 52 years old, and being able to barefoot water ski backwards, it's just thrill. So I just heard you say 41, I'm not 40, anymore. <laughs> 41 miles an hour. Is that your normal average, I guess, competition speed or is that the fun speed or both? It's, um, it's funny because my coach just bumped up my speed to 43. That's what happens <laughs> when you gain weight. You have to go even faster to stay on top of the water. So now my speed is 43 miles an hour. Okay, so interesting connection to health. So you're telling me that if you don't want to have to go too fast, it's better to be leaner. But if you happen to put on weight, because it happens in life, they're going to make you go faster. <laughs> so I guess it's a wake-up call for me to start getting back on track with losing weight. Well, I mean, real then, quick. You know, there's another thing about theater is that it's a heavy athlete. I've been really fortunate because other people who are also heavy look at me and then they think, oh, wow, I can do things. Hmm. So there's pros and cons. I mean, we should never let where we are in life hold us back from enjoying our passion. No, that's a very valid point. I love the fact that you referenced that because obviously I'm a huge health and fitness nut um, since we talk a lot about healthy lifestyle on this podcast too. But that's a very valid point. Throughout this show, you've mentioned people of different ages, um, again, different health places where we're out in the timeline. That, does, that should not stop you. I, I tell people all the time, if you stop moving, you're dying. The human body is meant to move. It's, been, it's meant to keep going. 
you, if you start living a sedentary lifestyle, you're basically telling your brain and your and your body that you don't need it anymore. And I truly feel that's when I start seeing people become sedentary. That scares me. You got to keep moving. <laughs> Time for me to pick up mountain climbing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. I can't do what you do. Well, I shouldn't say I can't. I haven't done what you do. Maybe not yet. Um, I could barely water ski. I've done uh, wakeboarding, though. I can I can do wakeboarding. Well, we can do an exchange. You teach me the mountain climbing. You come barefooting with me. There you go. I mean, <laughs> I should probably learn to swim better before I... I do the barefoot water skiing, but we could work on that. <laughs> you know what, though? I just finished writing a book on Banana George, and he couldn't swim. Really? He was the world's oldest barefoot water ski competitor, and he couldn't swim. He sank into the water. So swimming is no excuse, not being was, able to swim. Was he a, a lean guy? He didn't have a lot of body fat on him? He was a thin guy. Yep. Yeah. No bad. I mean, very, very thin, very lean. You sink like a rock. <laughs> yeah, no fat buoyancy. Well, I, I will tell you quick lifestyle tip, um, and I'll, I'm going to try and get you connected with Vinny Tortorich. Mm -hmm. He is his website is vinnytortorich.com. He's got a very successful podcast uh, called Fitness Confidential. Have you ever heard of him? No, I haven't. Well, I have to explore that. He gets to, he's a guest co-host on the very successful Adam Carolla show now. Mm, okay. So this will help you because Vinny's show is all about fitness. And he's the one who trademarked the term, no sugar, no grains. And... Just that simple change in your lifestyle has transformed people exponentially. And I'm a big supporter of the ketogenic lifestyle, which that is a part of, is cutting the excessive sugar and grain consumption because it triggers inflammation of the body. Yep. So just a, a lifestyle practice to slowly, slowly start considering making the change on. I love bread. I love cookies. That's my problem. But, but yes. But that is a very short-term brain connection to the hormonal addiction of what sugar does to us. So uh, are you familiar with the whole 21 days creates habits? Twenty-one days it is then. I guess no sugar, no carbs, no grains. Yeah. I mean, oh gosh. But the first week or two, it it you know you may people sometimes depending on how much they consume, um, some people may get headaches. Uh, they might need to, you know, still consume a little bit to ease themselves off of the addiction because your body's literally addicted to it. That's the only thing. So, uh, but if you want to perform better and you want more energy, you replace the sugars with healthy fat. Healthy fats give you plenty of energy. Mm -hmm. I did that before. 
And I lost 55 pounds, and I need to get back onto that. So, yeah, I know what I need to do. So I'm not telling you anything different. Somebody kick my butt again. Well, feel free to reach out to me. I'm very good at um, telling people what to do. (laughs) So you'll come over and cook? I don't know about that. Uh, I do love to cook, though. Um, But actually, to help, do you you cook a lot at home? Boonfeed. (laughs) <laughs> do you cook a lot? Say that again. Do you cook a lot I at home? I cook every day. Okay. Yeah, my husband and I usually go out once a week. Um, so I need to get back on that more healthy wagon. So today we had a zucchini stir fry with chicken, so it was good. All right. Well, I have something that would help you. Uh, do you like cookbooks? Sure. Okay. I'm going to share my screen for you. So one of Vinnie Tortorich's regular co-hosts, mm-hmm. her name is Anna Vocino, and she's from California, and she created the Eat Happy Cookbook. Everything in here, she has personally mm-hmm. tested herself. She lives with, um, like she can't have gluten. She has to be. Like she's got a celiac disease. So she's got all of those things that a lot of women suffer with. And so she created this book off of Vinny's teachings about cutting sugar and grain out of your life. I have bought this book probably 10 times to give to family members and friends that I care about because some of these recipes are amazing. I will have to try that then, definitely. And she's on Amazon. And she has her own private Facebook community to to surround yourself with people going through the same transformation that you are. And Vinny has his own private Facebook community to help people start figuring out what it's like to live NSNG, no sugar, no grains. So I can't remember if we're connected yet on Facebook, but I can help you get into those communities and to your point, surround yourself with people who are doing what you're trying to do. That would be great. We should add those links to this as well. Yes, actually, that's a very good point uh, for everybody because you and I are both people who have learned that over the years that that's why it's so important to network and find people that are already doing things you want to do. Surround yourself with people that are better than you, and you can become that It is so, so true. So true. Who you hang out with is very significantly will impact your life. Well, I guarantee you, you probably have friends and family at one point in your life that probably told you, no, 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 you probably shouldn't do that. No, no, no. Um, that's That's not safe with your lifestyle. Has that ever come up? it again. Oh, I'm saying that have you ever had friends or family tell you not to do something because they think that you couldn't do it or Oh yeah. Yeah, right? They think that they're looking out for you. But sometimes mm-hmm. our closest friends and family actually hold us back. 
It's so, so true. I had a family member when I first got back on the water, before water skiing in 44, and that family member was like, you know, you need to give this up. You're too old for this. Because this was after I came in off the water and I was black and blue all over from beating myself up out there. And it was hard for that family member to watch me get hurt. So naturally, you know, the advice was give it up. But that's not necessarily the best thing for us. So sometimes our family members can sabotage our progress and our success. And again... They care about us. So it's not like they don't realize they're doing this in a bad way. They think that they're protecting us. So, you know, I've had to learn that over the years, too. Like nobody in my family looks like me. Everybody, I love them, but everybody in my family is much heavier. They're not, I don't come from a thin family. Well, they don't all claim fourteen years. I have I have different lifestyle goals. So, and in order to live those lifestyle goals, I have to commit to myself mm-hmm. to take care of my mind and my body, so I can keep taking on these crazy challenges that I keep putting into my life. And I think you can agree with me on that. Yep, definitely. That goes back to that. You know, passion is an individual thing. You know, you have to own your life. And it's okay to have opinions from other people and influences from other people, but ultimately, the bottom line is we have to choose and make decisions that are right for us and us alone. Well, and I, I use this often in my coaching, but the, uh, the, the importance of finding your why and that's what I'm hearing in, you use it as passion, but they both are basically a synonym here. They're both the same, is you need to take the time to define what your why is so you can then use that to fuel your passion. They have to work together. Very good one. Mm-hmm. When you know your why, the passion is right there with it. Yes. Well, listen, I need to, we have another show coming up and I need to make sure that you can help close out our show as our co-host. And then I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air, but our co-hosts close out the show with whatever final words they want to leave behind. So this is your opportunity for our audience to say, well, great. I love the show today. But if I forgot everything else that you told us, this is like your final words to kind of symbolize how you want to close out the show. So besides, obviously, Aegis Passions, you know, is there anything big picture that you want to leave behind as your closing statements? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think for wherever you are in life, understand that you have personal power to do, be, and have what you want in your life the minute you get clear on it and the minute that you start inviting passion to be a part of that process. Wow. 
That's a great way to close it out. I love that. Well, listen, hang tight. So, um, and pardon my use of the word listen, but hang tight so I can give you a proper goodbye off the air. But to our listeners, ladies and gentlemen, that was Karen Putz. I mean, check out her website, okay? Go start taking action today. Make sure that you go to our website, you look at her show notes, you find her online, you find her on social media. If you're looking for some inspiration and you're looking for some passion, she's got it, okay? Clearly, because she owns the website, agelesspassions.com. And clearly, as I showed you on the video today, her resources page, she's got plenty of books to choose from. So please visit agelesspassions.com. Please support Karen and her new book launch. I will have that linked in the show notes as well. She's already sent me the digital copy. I'm still waiting on the physical copy. I got to read through it. Trust me, I'm already halfway through the book and I'm loving it. So again, check out agelesspassions.com. But again, to our listeners today, this is another powerful Live the Fuel show. I'm so honored that we were able to bring her on. Uh, maybe we inspired some new people to maybe try out some uh, barefoot water skiing. <laughs> but again, guys, that's what Live the Fuel is all about. So please remember, keep living the fired up epic life, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Hey there, Live the Fuel fans. Quick commercial break. Uh, before we close out the episode, just wanted to give you some extra tips and tricks before we send you on your way. So again, thank you again for listening to the Live the Fuel show. I hope you got a lot out of this recent episode. Uh, more importantly, please subscribe to the show if you haven't subscribed yet. Stay in touch. Get me some feedback. Submit a review on iTunes or Stitcher and get us yet the voice of you, the listener, so we can build this content back into the show and make sure that I'm actually taking you, the listener, into this uh, design and future as Live the Fuel grows. So again, subscribe, submit a review, stay in touch. Heck, on that point, go visit livethefueltank.com. Livethefueltank.com. That will take you to the link to our private Facebook group community where you can join and I can stay more in touch with you going forward outside of the podcast world. All right, last quick little piece here for you guys, some extra value. One, Go to livethefuel.com main page. You'll see on there we have our free resources guide. If you are looking for free content and not having to pay for it, consider getting on my email list. You click on the button, send me my copy, get your Super 7's resources guide. There's over 21 of my favorite online resources that I've built into this little uh, electronic guide for you guys. There's no cost. It'll just be emailed to you just by hopping on my email. Again, just thank you for listening. I want to give you some value. Uh, second piece of my little extra nuggets of knowledge, if you want to call it this, is go to the resources section on the site. In there, I have three columns, health, business, lifestyle, and two right off the bat that I want to make sure you guys are taking advantage of is number one, eatpillynuts.com and number two, villacapelli.com. Their logos are on the site. You got a big bowl of nuts there and you got a cool big V Power V logo. Both of those, if you use the discount code FUEL, F-U-E-L, you will get 10% off at checkout. So take advantage of that, please, and thank you. And more importantly, there's other companies linked on there. Uh, my nutritional and health alignment with Isogenics since 2010. Uh, the Pure Vitamin Club company for their kick-ass magnesium B12 and an awesome multi-cap. There's some additional business resources on there. Number one, Singularis IT. I go mountain biking and road cycling with the founder. This is a legitimate IT company. I don't care where you are in the world, you can use their services. We're talking about serious white glove level services. I've moved all of my IT solutions over to them and I outsource them regularly for any future and onboarding clients down the road. And lastly, but not leastly, David Studio. If you have no clue who this guy is, 
guess what? He is my new audio engineer. This is the guy I've been having making it happen behind the scenes. I found him through the Fiverr world. So if you search for David, D-A-V-I-D, studio on Fiverr, you can track this guy down. But guess what? He's also on the Upwork platform. He's on the People Per Hour platform. You can search for him through his real name. I've never literally physically met this guy or talked to him in person. We have been just met through the online world. But if you search for E-M-I-N, that's I believe pronounced Emin, and uh, Fikik, which is F as in Frank, I-K-I-C, you can search for him in Upwork people per hour. Oh, more importantly, just go to Fiverr like I did. But if you are a podcaster or somebody just looking to get quality audio engineering, this is your guy. So again, guys, I'll let you get back to your day. Thanks again for listening to Live the Fuel. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for listening to Live the Fuel. Visit us at livethefuel.com. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at Live the Fuel. Live the fired up epic life. Hashtag Live the Fuel.